Hey, Blaine from DTC Pod here, and today we've got two amazing AI tools for you guys to check out. So AI is obviously eating the world, and these two by HubSpot, where you're really gonna love. So the first one's called Content Assistant. Basically helps you create amazing content, which matters more today than ever. Everyone's creating content, so you've gotta stand out. Um, with HubSpot's AI-powered Content Assistant, you can brainstorm, create, and share content of Flash, all inside a super easy to use CRM. So, you know, think things like, brainstorming blog ideas, blog outlines, drafting copy on any topic from marketing trends to media kits or writing value props for your landing pages, prospecting emails and more. Uh, the second one is ChatSpot, which is basically a conversational bot that sits on top of your HubSpot CRM. So it's gonna automate all the manual tasks inside of HubSpot, help you engage more customers, close more deals and scale a little bit faster. Um, so if you want to find out more about how to use AI to grow your business, check out hubspot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. As a D2C brand, you need real-time financial visibility to save money and make better decisions. Waiting for books from slow and expensive bookkeepers that don't get e-commerce is slowing you down. Trusted by hundreds of brands, Finaloop is a real-time accounting service built by D2C founders for D2C founders. Try Final Loop completely free, no credit card required. Just visit finalloop.com slash d2cpod and get 14 days free and a two-month PL within 24 hours with all the e-com data and breakdowns you need to crush it. What's up, DTC Pod? Today we're joined by Mina Elias, who is the founder of Trivium, Trivium Group, uh, which focuses on which is an agency for Amazon and focused on marketing. So Mina, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your personal background, and what you guys work on and spend your time building at Trivium. Awesome, man. So yeah, like you said, my name is Mina. I'm the founder of Trivium. We are an Amazon advertising agency, Amazon marketing agency. Basically, uh, we handle the entire Amazon uh, sales channel for brands. Um, our goal is to basically drive more traffic on Amazon and improve conversion rates. So you know, we'll talk a lot about the different factors that influence click-through and conversion rate on Amazon. I'll talk about all of the ways that you can drive traffic on Amazon, both paid and organic. Uh, my background, I started, I came to America in 2011. I um, was born in Egypt, grew up in Dubai, uh, came here for college, chemical engineering, um, graduated top of my class, got my bachelor's, got my master's, worked up the corporate ladder, uh, worked in uh, new product development in Medtronic, uh, surgical devices, did like project management, all this, you know, bullshit engineering stuff. Hated it. And, uh, you know, I started fighting in 2013 doing MMA. I still do it. And uh, I'm, I've am i been a huge uh, fan of supplements ever since I, I, I saw supplements. Um, and so I decided to start a supplement brand in, in um, 2018. Um, that uh, basically six months in, uh, like I basically, you know, I, I created a, an electrolyte powder. I was on keto. And I wanted an electrolyte powder that had high sodium, high electrolytes, no sugar. I made it, uh, tried it on myself, you know, tried it on my friends. Everyone loved it. I decided to start the brand and, and um, I tried to get it in stores and gyms. Didn't work out. And I was at an MMA event. And um, basically, I lied to everyone and said that it's going to be on Amazon soon. And that's what got me into <laughs> getting on Amazon. And so I did this massive deep dive into how to get my, my product on Amazon. And six months uh, after, uh, so I got my product on Amazon and six months in, I was doing like 4K a month in, in profits and I got fired from my job and uh, basically got thrown into the deep end of entrepreneurship. Uh, so I packed my shit and, and I went back to Egypt for four months to save money while I was like reinvesting everything into the business. 
And then, um, you know, so the, the brand launched in November on Amazon, November of 2018. And then by the, like January of 2020 or December 2019, I was doing a uh, million dollars uh, in run rate. So scaled it on Amazon and then COVID hit. I started getting on podcasts just like this, talking about all of the things that I learned and all the mistakes that I made. Because when I was learning, I kind of, every, everyone gave me bad advice and I, I'm like, I'm not going to give advice. I'm just literally going to give experience. Like I tried this and this happened. I tried that and that happened. And this is basically a lot of what you're going to hear from me today is kind of like based on stuff that I've tried. And so I, you know, I, I did the podcast. People loved it. It, it became crazy. And and like, every, you know, everyone's like, man, Mina, Mina, like, you know, they just hit, hit me up and asked me for consultations, asked me to run their stuff. I didn't want to run anyone's brands or anything. Then an aggregator raised the hundred million dollars, hit me up, and they're like, uh, "We need someone to train our in-house ad, ad team. We're not going to outsource this, you know, advertising stuff to anyone. Um, can you train our team?" I'm like, "Sure thing," uh, but they made me prove myself by running one of their brands first, and then like four months later, they said I beat out like six other agencies they hired and um, outperformed all of them, and and they're like, "Yeah, train our team." And so from then I'm like, dude, I, I literally like, I need to be an agency. Like I'm, I, I'm doing like, it's, it's helping so many people, people constantly hitting me up. So 2021, I became an agency officially. Um, and then, you know, now fast forward 2023, we, we manage about 142 brands. Um, we have 77, 78 employees. Um, the goal is to basically, you know, be like a strong strategic partner, figure everything out there is to know about Amazon partner with good brands that are making good products and then, you know, scale them and make them have a lot more revenue on the sales channel. Amazon's like Narnia. A lot of what you're going to hear me talk about is not going to make any sense. Like why in the first 30, 45 days do you have to, you know, sell a lot of units, not profitably, even if it's not profitable, just so Amazon can rank you better. You know, it's like all of these weird things and it's a game and you have to play by the rules. And so I'm going to share everything, you know, on this uh, episode as much as I can in terms of like, all the nuances of Amazon, all that stuff. And hopefully, you know, it, it opens up a little bit of the black box that Amazon is. Yeah. And we're really excited to have you on the show today because I know uh, our focus being D2C is a lot of times we take the e-commerce angle. We'll talk to them about how are you setting up your shop? Uh, how are you, you know, building out all your inventory, all the things of running a business. But at the end of the day, Amazon is one of the biggest marketplaces and channels that you can go to to sell. And so, for any brand after they've, you know, kind of set up their strategy, whether it's direct to consumer first, whether it has a retail strategy as well, like a lot of brands play in Amazon territory. We haven't covered that as much, and I'd love to really dig in deeper to that. So why don't we today, let's take the, you said you have a background in supplements. So let's just take the perspective of a supplements brand and let's take the perspective of a brand that starts by selling D to C, right? Like, so when is the time to, you know, go to Amazon? Is that a place that you're starting or like, what are you testing for in the direct channels before you want to open up Amazon? What kind of inventory do you need, do you need before you're ready to go to Amazon? Just walk me through the whole thing. If I'm a brand just getting started and let's say I'm selling supplements, you know, what's my playbook? Perfect. So uh, if you're a brand, you have to pick one of two uh, strategies when you're going into Amazon. First of all, I'm, and I'm going to cover this, is your brand even a fit for Amazon? And I'm going to walk you through how to evaluate if it is or it isn't. Now, if it is, you have one of two options. Option number one, you're going for uh, like a brand play. And it's basically like 
you know, I have a, a brand, I'm running paid ads, I'm doing TikTok, I'm doing all this stuff. I don't really care about like figuring out and scaling Amazon. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to list my products on Amazon and I'm, I'm going to have good creatives. I'm going to have good reviews. I'm going to have all that stuff. And I'll talk about what good means. Um, and then from there, anyone who sees my ads goes on my D2C site, checks me out, likes me, but doesn't want to convert on, on, on Shopify or whatever, just goes to Amazon converts there. And so you'll notice like, you know, uh, basically, and you have to run branded ads because people will say, well, they're already looking for me by my brand name. Why should I spend money on ads? Because if you don't spend money on ads, the guy above you who has 700,000 reviews, you know, and, and is a better price is going to show up on your brand name. So you want to protect your branded placements, but basically, you know, they, they just want to convert and you can start tracking like, okay, I got on Amazon. My total, uh, you know, revenue was this much. Now my total revenue across both channels is this much. Even if you lose some on the, on the D2C side to gain some on the Amazon, usually you'll gain a little bit more in total because people will convert more likely to convert better on Amazon. They, they just trust Amazon. They can return whenever they want all of that good stuff. So that's option number one, right? Um, I mean, everyone should do this. Uh, like on, uh, there's very few exceptions. Like if you're, you know, a designer, if you're like very high uh, price point and it doesn't make sense, you know, very, very few uh, exceptions to the rule. And I mean, hit me up and I'll tell you what I think, but most of the time, like if you're spending money anywhere else, like Facebook, TikTok, whatever, organic, um, people are going to look for you on Amazon. And if they do, they should find you and they should convert. And and even if it's 50 conversions a month, it's 50 more than you, you know, it's like, what's the, wh why not? Right. Just set it up. Now, then there's the other strategy, the strategy that I go for, which is you're going in to compete. Now you're, you're going in and you're going to go balls to the wall. You're going to go really hard. You need to have inventory. You need to have creatives that convert people. When they search for you, they need to pick yours. So before I get into that, because that's going to be, you know, more of like, what's the strategy, the aggressive strategy, will your product succeed on Amazon? So first of all, Amazon is, is search-based. So the only reason it, someone's going to come to Amazon is because they're searching for something. So the first thing is you, you look at your product and you say, what are the keywords that, you know, like people who want my product, what are they typing? Uh, popcorn bowl, uh, you know, uh, Sony uh, camera lens, you know, 15 millimeter lens, whatever, um, you know, gallon jug, water bottle. These are like all keywords, you know, someone who's looking for something. So the first thing is you look at those keywords, you go into a software called Helium 10. Helium 10 has a tool called Magnet. Um, that tells you like the search volume of all the different keywords. So you type in your your main keyword or whatever you think is, and then you look at all the related keywords and you look at what the search volume is. If you have a search volume, like your top keyword search volume, 10,000 searches or less, it's dangerous to, to list on Amazon. It means there's not that much demand. If you're like sub 5,000, sub 3,000, no one's looking, you know, essentially don't expect to make money. When you get to the $30,000, uh, sorry, 30,000 searches a month range, now you're starting to get into a little bit of the bigger, uh, you know, bigger markets, 50, 70,000, you're in like big leagues. Those are like collagen, you know, but obviously like those are like in hundred K plus like collagen, apple cider vinegar is like 150,000 searches a month. So that's kind of the range. First of all, make sure that people are searching for your product. That's step number one. Cause if no one's searching, like, I mean, you're not going to go buy tires from whole food, right? So if I'm a tire company and I go put my tires in whole foods, like you're, you're not going to make any sales because no one's searching for tires in whole foods. Um, it's the exact same thing on Amazon and in Whole Foods that you walk in and you can see a bunch of stuff, right? 
in Amazon, you don't see a bunch of stuff. You walk in and you only walk the lane on the keyword that you type. So you type in electrolyte powder, you're only seeing electrolyte powder. So that's step number one. Is there search volume? If there's search volume to support your, your keywords, okay, we, that's step number one. Step number two is the, uh, kind of the, the second step is like, what's the, the trending of those uh, search volumes? So you can look at search volume history on Helium 10 as well. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? If things are trending down, uh, okay, this this is maybe a little bit concerning. Like, what is it? Is it maybe something that was like a, a you know, like a flash bang, you know, like what some of those products that like explode and then they die? Like, uh, what is the one? Elderberry gummies. Elderberry gummies are dead now, but they exploded when someone announced that elderberry gummies like were good for immunity uh, during COVID. So make sure it's not one of those cases. Um, then from there, you start evaluating like the landscape of the competition. So again, using Helium 10, uh, and the reason I mentioned Helium 10 is because like I use their tool like 24 seven. Um, it's the tool I use, my team uses, everyone uses, there's other stuff like jungle scout, whatever. I'm not familiar with them. I just know Helium 10. So you go, there's a Chrome extension, you download the Chrome extension and there's a tool called X-ray. You, you type in the search results. So you find that main keyword that we talked about. So the, the keyword that is relevant to your product that has the highest search volume. You type it in and then the search results show up. You click on X-ray, Helium 10, you click on the Chrome extension, click on X-ray, and then you start evaluating your competitors, the ones that are you know, actually competing with you. You start evaluating a few things. First of all, evaluate the, the reviews that they have versus the revenue that they're making. If you start noticing that your, all your competition has 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 reviews and making like 10K a month in revenue, you're like, damn, like you're gonna go out there, get a thousand reviews so you can make $10,000 in revenue. It doesn't seem like the, the returns there, right? But when you start seeing like 1,000, 2,000 reviews, making 80,000, 100,000, 150,000 in revenue, then you're like, okay, I'm onto it. And obviously everything's a spectrum. And that's where, you know, you kind of like, you're like, am I willing to to go in this uh, market or not? It, just based on like how you feel. You, you look at the reviews, you look at your competition and you see, you know, how are they selling versus how many re reviews that they have? If, if the market's decent, like people who have decent reviews also are making decent money. By the way, also, you can use that almost like as a predictor of your sales. Like if I make 500 or if I get 500 reviews, I'm probably going to make in the range of what the people who have 500 reviews are doing. You, you might be 10, 20, 30, 40 percent better, be, you know, if you hire me. Right? <laughs> I'm kidding. You might be, you know, better if like you have really good advertising and stuff like that. But it, at the end of the day, you're going to be in that range. So look at them as sort of a guide. Now, once you've evaluated that, the next thing you're looking at is, will you survive at, you know, on the shelf? Um, basically, I'm typing in a keyword, electrolyte powder. I go and I look at, and I see key nutrients sells for $29.99. Um, liquid IV sells for $27.99. Uh, MMA nutrition sells for $28.99. My product is $48.99. It, it, it might not work. You know what I mean? It might, it might not work. And, and there's a good chance that it won't work. Because it's not like I'm showing you an ad on Facebook, pattern interrupt. I'm showing you an ad on Instagram. A TikToker posted a video. I'm like, what's this brand? You go, you look for it and, and you're learning more. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm willing to spend $48 on the supplement. It's like everything's in perspective because you have competition right next to you. And so if, you know, when you launch, you're going to have a hundred reviews, maybe like, you know, in a couple months, how are you going to stand out when you, when you're $48 and all of your competition's 30? So that's something to consider. If you have a, a pricing problem, I mean, Amazon customers are very price sensitive. So that, that's the next step. Now, once you've checked all the boxes, yes, there's search volume. 
Yes, people with decent reviews are making decent revenue. Yes, my price is in the range, within the range. It's not like outrageously high. Then you're like, okay, I'm I'm a fit for Amazon and I'm ready uh, to go in and compete. If you don't uh, fit the boxes, then you might as well go for the brand play. You can always try for the, you know, to go like make a run at it, but just have manager expectations. You know, like you're going in, you're like, this might not work. And then, you know, you kind of default to the branded if it doesn't work. So I, I'm really interested in a lot of these different topics because I think you touched on a whole bunch, but um, specifically talking about two things. One, keywords. So like understanding intent for how things line up and two, branded, which might be like have a pricing premium and selling to customers who are buying in a marketplace that is going to lead itself towards the product that maybe has the best pricing and the best reviews. And maybe if you're pr- priced higher, maybe it's not as good of a fit. So my question on the side of like the first part in, in terms of establishing the, like the keywords, right? Imagine we're just starting a brand. Okay. There are ways to do it. You can be targeting ingredients. You can be targeting the pain point that it may solve. And you're trying to balance and evaluate all these different things. So how do you think about it? Um, when you're first starting up with a brand, if you're going in to the supplement space? Are you going after the pain point that it attacks? Are you going after the ingredients that it has? Like, how are you formulating the beginning of your brand to like position yourself potentially for um, a strong Amazon play? Yeah. So you have no choice in the keywords, right? The keywords are the keywords. Um, you, it's, it's not like where you're like, I'm going to go after pain points because whatever is being, no, no, I get, and Mina, to, cl- to cl- clarify, l- like I'm saying, assuming I'm starting like a supplement brand just from the beginning, right? So I might go to Amazon and be- say like, oh, these certain things have really like, should I build my brand into what you're seeing in terms of keyword opportunity in Amazon? Or should I, you know, just build my brand and, you know, then I guess in the description, maybe target the keywords or maybe in the product feature uh some of the ingredients that maybe it it, yeah, yeah. it has does that kind of make sense yeah that makes sense okay so the, the way that i would build it is this first i would i would go and talk look at the keywords right now that are being searched on amazon amazon in amazon like to have a successful product you need to uh, solve a problem better than everyone else so you type in the main keywords around whatever category you feel interested in then you look at the search results and then you look at how each person is solving the problem and then you see how can you solve the problem better than everyone else. So you look, you look at how they're solving the problems. You go into their products. You see what they're highlighting. You see what their positive reviews are and what people are saying. Like, I like this product because of its flavor. I like this product because of its dosage, whatever it is. And then you look at the negative stuff. I don't like this product because it's too sweet. I don't like... And so you kind of gather all of the negatives and you're like, these are everything that I can make my... Pro- have a better solution based on. You gather all the positives. You're like, these are all things I can make a better solution. And then you also do a little bit of like reading the market and saying, okay, someone who's buying an electrolyte powder, who's who or the people buying electrolyte powder. So maybe people that are, uh, you know, in sports, people are trying to fit, stay fit. You put out a couple feelers. You're like, why are you buying different products? You start getting from people, you know, why they're choosing things or why they or what they wish they had. And then once you have all of that data, someone who types in the keyword is going to come. And they're going to see your product and it's going to solve the problem better than everyone else's solution. And that's that's the way that if I were to formulate it for Amazon, that's how I would do it. Is is instead of, you know, it, when it comes to D2C, you, you have like an ideal client uh, profile and you're building everything around them. When it comes to Amazon, it, it's almost like a bodybuilding co- competition. 
it doesn't really matter. It's more like, how can I look bigger and leaner than everyone who's around me? And that's kind of like the way to, to look at it more than, you know, how can I be ideal for a certain uh, target audience? So it's a little bit different. Now, this is the D2C podcast. So I, I assume everyone here who's doing D2C, don't, don't like think, okay, I'm going to change my brand, but there's always an opportunity to do an Amazon release. Like you can have your original product listed on Amazon for with your brand name and then have an Amazon specific uh, SKU that, that might not make sense when you're you know going on D2C, but you're like, I know that the competition is priced this way and they have this and they have that. I'm going to formulate or make whatever my product is a little bit better and different specifically for the Amazon Okay, this is this is really cool and really interesting. The thing I really liked uh, that you said was using Amazon itself and doing the research as you're formulating your brand, specifically in the customer reviews, in what are the brands doing well, what are they doing not so well, how do you build that into your product? So I think for anyone listening, I think using Amazon as even like a, a testing ground for you to start coming up with that messaging is a really awesome idea. And then also to your point, uh, Mina, you're able to use that to, you know, come up with the copy and the pain points that you can address and even bake that stuff into your product as you go into product development. The next thing I want to talk about, which you kind of already addressed a little bit was you said, you know, if you are super D2C centric that you might want to think about a specific product release earlier in the episode, you mentioned how just the fact that you're on Amazon is a good thing, because like you said, People are used to buying things on Amazon. I buy things on Amazon all the time. I have the app on my phone. I have it on my computer. I know it's going to show up tomorrow morning. Like I'm all all on board the Amazon train. So as a shopper, in terms of a shopping customer experience, I'd rather a lot of the times just purchase through Amazon than have to like go set up a new account. Even if even if a brand has Shopify Pay and all this sort of stuff, I just like I want Amazon handing my delivery. I know the box I'm going to get. I know it's going to show up. I know. I don't have to worry if it comes damaged or anything like that. So my next question for as it pertains to the for branded plays who want to be on Amazon, right? How do you navigate that pricing hurdle? Because like you were saying, if if you're priced and you're you're more expensive because you're doing all these different things than all these other brands who are maybe just like bare bones and like you're saying, just competing on pure pricing and efficiency and all this sort of stuff, but you're making the branded play. You want to be on Amazon because it's good for your shoppers, but you don't want to like, you know, put something on Amazon where it looks so ridiculous. Your your competition is like way cheaper. Everyone goes to your competitor. But so how do you balance that? Right. Like, it, is it worth it or do you always have to go create your own Amazon specific product? Or like if you're in the situation where you've decided you're making the branded play, you want to be on Amazon and you know maybe you're not going to stack up so good. Like, how do you navigate? It's fine. When you're going for the branded play, you're literally going for someone Someone sees you on TikTok, Facebook, whatever, uh, and your name is MMA Nutrition. And they're going to go and they're going to type in MMA Nutrition on Amazon. They're going to see your headline search ad. They're going to see your sponsor products ad. They're going to see your organic search result. They're going to click on you and then they're going to convert there. The, I wouldn't worry too much about competition. Um, I mean, because it it is what it is like when when it's a branded play literally like you're like okay you, i mean you know this is kind of a like a hail mary like you you saw me you you're you didn't convert on d2c like i hope you convert on amazon i wouldn't worry too much about competition when you're going for the i you know i'm just trying to ca uh, capture brand demand uh, on amazon so i wouldn't worry too much about competition 
um, if you know, if you wanted to go the, I want to create a, like an Amazon specific product uh, route, that's fine. I mean, you'll have your branded, so when people search for you, they're gonna find you. But then your Amazon specific, specific um, SKU, that one is going to be the the forefront of all of your marketing because when you do all of your paid ads, that's the the you know SKU that you're gonna advertise. You're not gonna advertise the other one now. If people do come in to your listing through that SKU and they end up seeing the other variation and they decide to buy it, okay, cool, that's that's bonus. But it you're mainly you know if you're going after the aggressive compete on Amazon Play, you're gonna have that you know Amazon specific product. Uh, or if you you know you're lucky, which you know there's a lot of brands who are D 2 C but also work on Amazon and they can compete. Um, but and at the end of the day, by the way, like you know, how much you solve the problem better than everyone else is going to dictate. Um, because like when I launched an electrolyte powder, I was the only sugar-free electrolyte powder. The, now there's a lot, but I was the first one. And so if you were keto, my product was the only product. Everyone else uh, like wasn't a fit. They're like there was, you know, they had five grams of sugar, they had three grams of sugar, whatever it may be. And so if you can, if your product can be like that, if it can be if it can have like a clear distinction and and honestly like even if you're a d2c brand right the goal should be that you're creating uh, the solution better than everyone else so the more that you can have that on amazon the the more likely you are to be like tolerated for your higher pricing for example yeah that that makes a, a bunch of sense um especially if you are trying to make the brand play basically you know if they're looking for your brand they can come to amazon they can buy you there and you're just providing more ways for the consumer to shop so my next question is, let's. Why don't you walk us through a little bit of the landscape for someone who's trying to get set up on Amazon, right? Like, what do you need to prepare for from the logistics side of thing? Let's say, you know, okay, we know we need a landing page that we're going to be built in, but what do we need to do from an X's and O's perspective to make sure we're ready to sell on Amazon? From maybe either a contractual perspective, from an inventory perspective, like where are we shipping our product? Where are we shipping it to? How long does this process take you know how should we be planning for it as we think about launching on this channel perfect so um first of all set up the the seller central account that usually is a little bit of a pain in the ass you you open up the account you fill in the information they will then send you a card in the mail that has a code you get that card in the mail you open up the code you enter the code then they either let you sell or they ask you to do a zoom meeting then you do a zoom meeting then you're fine they open up the account for you then from there, you put in your tax information, bank information, all that stuff. All the, the you know, like, uh, you know, typical, typical like selling um, sort of information. Then from there, you want to list your products on Amazon. To list the product, first of all, there's something called like, you know, gated categories, like supplements is a gated category. And I'll, I'll touch on that quickly, but you, you want to create a listing. So you go in, you know, in, like in the menu, you click inventory, add a product. You go in, you add your own product. You're going to need, there's a few things you're going to need. The first thing is like basically like the 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 frame or the foundation of the listing, which is the, the price, you're going to need one main image at least, the price, the the uh, SKU, like the UPC code, uh, SKU name, uh, weight, dimensions, uh, price, very basic stuff, right? If you're a supplement, maybe put the ingredients, you're going to put the main, the, the basic stuff. Then you're going to need to go, you're going to have to put a title and bullet points as well. Then you're gonna probably need to go back and then fill in the SEO. So f first you, you build the, the listing. Once you build the listing, if you are a gated category, they're gonna ask you to submit some paperwork. So for supplements, you're gonna need a, a certificate of, of analysis from a, like a certified laboratory or something. 
or uh, sorry, and you're going to need real live images of your product. So they're going to be like, show us your product, take us, take pictures with your phone. They have to be real and they have to show that, you know, all the sides of the label, including the UPC code. So, you know, once you submit those documents, usually they take a few days and they, they accept them. By the way, they can reject them and they can reject them four or five times and you just keep submitting until you get it right. This is a very common thing. So um, submit once you submit that and, and uh, you, you, you know, you're through, you can start listing on Amazon. The next thing is you want to have your main, your sorry, your images and your your SEO. So in, in terms of SEO, it's pretty simple. You need title, you need bullet points, you need back end search terms. Title is is basically going to be your main title. Um, you want to build it with SEO in mind. You can use tools like Helium 10 and Datadive. Basically, what Datadive will do is you can take your top 10 comp competitors' titles. It'll give you an SEO value, and then you can write your title, and it'll tell you when you beat their title SEO value. So a very, very nice way to kind of see that you're better than the competition. Um, you're going to write your title so that it has the main keyword first, and then as many main keywords as possible while it's still readable. Bullet points. The way that I like to uh, structure it is the first kind of like sentence, like, you know, promotes long lasting energy. That's going to be like usually all caps. That's what people are going to read. The rest of it is going to be a simple sentence with a lot of SEO keywords. I wouldn't worry too much about the copywriting because people rarely read bullet points. I'm assuming, you know, you can agree with that. You rarely read the bullet points, right? We are really excited to announce that DTC Pod is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network is the audio destination for business professionals, and we're really excited about being part of the network because we're going to be able to keep growing the show, bringing you guys amazing guests, and obviously helping you guys learn from the best founders, marketers, and builders of the most successful consumer brands. So anyway, keep listening to DTC Pod and more shows like us on the HubSpot Podcast Network at HubSpot.com slash podcast network oh 100 percent. i mean like when you're when you're making purchase decisions it's a little bit of everything right it's like the the seo it's like do you, does the image look right does the title look right does the reviews look right and you know you might skim by a couple of the bullet points and you might skim by some pictures so it's kind of this like exploratory um way from as a buyer makes their way through the the landing page as opposed to like uh you know a full-blown analysis of everything exactly and so I'll write the bullet points. And, and then again, the, the backend search terms is any keywords that I couldn't capture in title and bullet points, I'll put them there. Now I have the SEO done. Then I work on the images. So the images are going to consist of your main image and then the rest of your images. So for the main image, basically what you want to do, there's a few software that do this that, that can help you, you know, through data. But when I type in a keyword like electrolyte powder, I'm going to look at the search results. And my main image has to be more attractive and, and more enticing for people who are looking for electrolyte powder to click on my listing. There's a few strategies there. Um, you know, you, you ha it has to be a, a white background image, but you can have your product there and you can have a box with your product. Now, you know, you don't always have to actually physically have the box or, you know, in your product, you have some real estate on the label, whatever. You can always manipulate the 3D rendering to, to have words and text and logos that, that jump out that, you know, um, talk about the benefit of the product and are more attractive than your competitors. So if it's an electrolyte powder and the main benefits are zero sugar, zero carbs, hundred servings, um, you know, uh, like fast absorption, great taste, you, you know, how can I show that on the label? Like when my label kind of just has the brand name and it says electrolyte powder. So instead I'll just manipulate the label, right? It, I mean, this is not fully like white, right? This is a little bit gray. 
but you manipulate the label. It doesn't look like exactly what's going to come in the mail, but it, it's it's only, it's not too different, but it's different enough that when someone sees it, they're like, oh, this is zero sugar. This is the made in the USA. This is this, this is that. They end up clicking on yours. So you can use uh, websites like uh, Intellivy, uh, uh, I-N-T-E-L-L-I-V-Y, or uh, P-I-C-K-F-U, uh, com. Both of those, they, you can go in, you can put your competitors' main images and you can put yours and you can see which ones people are more likely to click on. And if they're more likely to click on one versus the other, you can start figuring out why until yours is the most likely to be clicked on. So that's how I build the main image. Rest of the images, uh, assume that your uh, shopper is going to only look at the images. So they're going to go in and they're going to scroll through the images. So I just talked to someone today. Uh, they had mushroom gummies and their images are their bottle, the side of the bottle, the back of the bottle, their bottle on like a little stand with a bunch of fruits around it. And I'm like, okay, in the first five images, I have literally no idea why I should buy your product. And so the way that that would be better is, okay, second image is immediately, you know, here's the product and here's some benefits and like why, why this is a, a better product. The third one, maybe like supplement facts with a bunch of badges and Maybe on the side it said like featured in Forbes, like this, that, whatever, you know, uh, health, men's health, insider, whatever, stuff like that, right? And the, the one after it could be, here's, you know, our product cut in half. The other half is like a, a grayed out like competition product. And it's like us, we have this, 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 them, they don't have this, don't have this, don't have this sort of thing. So every single time I go through an image, I'm like, okay, I understand why this is a, an amazing product. I understand why, yeah, this fits my needs. Yes, this fits my needs. You know what I mean? Um... So that's that's how I, I would uh, structure the main images. Then you want like a few videos as well uh, on the listing. Um, and, and basically that's going to be what you need to build the listing and, and be ready to go live on Amazon. Now, set your uh, start date, like your, your start date, your offer start date, whatever, to like six months in advance, one year in advance. So you want to make sure it doesn't turn on on its own. The next step is you're going to go in, you're going to create a shipping plan. Amazon has a US, UPS partner shipping. Basically, you send units very cheap, like 10 cents a unit. And so I go in, I, I uh, you know create a, a shipping plan, which basically tells me how many units per box, what's the dimensions of the box, what's the weight of the box. I pay for the shipping. I send it to my 3PL or warehouse, or whatever. They slap the boxes, they start sending it to Amazon. There used to be a thousand unit restriction when you're starting. Now I think it's completely gone, so you can send as many as you want. How much should you send? So first of all, keep in mind that once you send inventory to Amazon, it'll take three weeks on average to be fully available. Now, it's going to hit Amazon probably the next day, and Amazon's going to tell you it's an FC transfer, which means it's moving it around the entire country so that everyone can get it you know, free, two-day shipping, one-day shipping, whatever. Um, you don't, you don't want to start if it's an FC transfer. You want to wait until they're all available because... If someone goes in, sees your listing, and, and it says, uh, we'll ship August 13th, today's August 8th, or we'll ship August 12th, complete turn off conversion rate tanks. So you want to wait till everything's available. Then you can bring the start date back and start. Um, how much should I, I send? Kind of work backwards from how much you think you could sell. So if you, so first of all, there's a few things, you know, how much are you going to spend? If you're going to spend like $30,000, you know, maybe assume like a, uh, 1.5 to 2x ROAS in your first 30 days. So let's say like you do hit a 2x ROAS, that's $60,000. You have a $30 product, that's 2,000 units. So you should have a, at least 2,000 units. And as soon as you start hitting numbers, you should replenish immediately. Um, the other way to look at it is, okay, 
my competition with 100 reviews is selling about $7,000 a month in revenue. That's about, you know, 800 units. So 800 units, um, you know, so for me, I'm going to send in maybe 1,600 units for two months worth, right? Uh, and it, it all depends on your supply chain. If you are like, I'm going to make an order from China and they're going to come in and go to Amazon, it's going to take 60 days. You should have at least 120 days worth uh, of stock. And then when it hits 60 days or when it hits like 90 days, you 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 create an order. So by the time you're like at 60 days or 30 days, you have another 60 days of stock. Um, that's, you know, you always have to be stocked. Now, if you ever run out of stock on Amazon, it will severely hurt your performance. Severely, severely, like more than anything. I've run out of stock and I literally like there's days like, you know, you kind of look out the window and you're like, you know why? It's almost like you basically like got caught cheating, essentially. Like that's like the feeling you're going to get because you're going to run out of stock. You're going to go back and you're, you're going to have these beautiful days, super like high units being sold. And then all of a sudden you run out of stock. You come back, you spend money, you do this, you do that. Whatever you do, you're not even able to get to like half of that, of the numbers you were at before. And it's the most painful thing ever. So just trust me and never run out of stock no matter what. Uh, easier said than done. I've run out of stock like seven times. So uh, definitely easier said than done. Um, yeah, then from there, once you know how much you're going to send inventory into Amazon, then you go into your like aggressive like marketing strategy. There's going to be mainly two components, right? One component is traffic. The other component is getting reviews. Um, your conversion rate, you know, conversion rate optimization is part of the, the you know, strategy on Amazon. But if you did a good job with SEO, did a good job with the images, initially, you're not going to need that much SEO, uh, that much conversion rate optimization besides getting more reviews. So there is, I'll talk about reviews first. There's a, there's a, you know, Amazon prohibits you from incentivizing anyone to leave your review. That being said, everyone on Amazon incentivizes for reviews, almost everyone. Like it's kind of like this common gray hat thing that everyone does. Um, one way to kind of launch with good reviews is to launch a small variation that is a sample size. Uh, that will be a child variation. You will you'll send like 300 units and then you'll start uh, basically getting people to buy, you know, one a day or whatever and leave a review. And so by trickling in one review a day, it's not really detected by Amazon and you can basically hit like, let's say 100 or 200 reviews. Once you hit 200 reviews, you can then add your main actual product as a, a second child variation. And then when you do launch it, you're launching aggressively with advertising, but then immediately people are saying that you have 200, 300, five-star reviews. So your conversion rate uh, works. If you if you can do this, it's fine. I didn't do it when I started. I didn't know that this was a strategy and it's going to be painful. Your conversion rate is going to be low. Initially, you're going to have a uh, uh, very low ROAS, but as you you know improve your your uh, reviews, your you know your ROAS is going to improve. Your profits going to get better. All that stuff. Now, obviously, the strategy helps you kind of start a little bit better. Okay, driving traffic. So driving traffic on Amazon. This is the f final piece, and then I'll, I'll take a break so you can ask me some questions. So driving traffic on Amazon. You want to start really aggressive. I like to start three to five hundred dollars a day in ad spend. In the first thirty to forty-five days on Amazon, there's something called the honeymoon phase. Basically, what this honeymoon phase is is thirty to forty-five days tops that Amazon evaluates: Are you a good product or a bad product? So initially, they show you unfairly, like it very high, like main keywords where everyone is like thousands of reviews, old OG sellers, you show up and you're like, how the hell am I showing up there? Amazon's giving you a chance to prove yourself. So if you show them that you have a very high sales velocity, that's the number they care about the most is sales velocity. If you're selling a very large number of units, 
Amazon's going to think that you're a good product. Now, e even if this is not profitable, even if you're selling it at a loss, even if you know, you're spending $20,000 on ads and you're selling $30,000 you know, at units, uh, sorry, in, in, in sales, it doesn't matter because Amazon's seeing that, that large amount of units being sold and they're like, this is great. This is, this is awesome. You know, this is a, this is a very good um, product. We're going to show it up higher in the organic uh, ranking. And that's the main thing, right? Because you don't want to keep paying for your, for, uh, you know, sessions and traffic you want. Yeah. You want to pay for traffic to get some traffic, but then you also want Amazon to give you the free traffic, the traffic that everyone loves that everyone's, you know, says Amazon's such an incredible platform. There's a hundred million prime users. And I'm like, yeah, I want a piece of that action, the free action. So, um, in terms of, you know, pay-per-click advertising, pretty, pretty simple to start. You go in again, you can use Helium 10, take your top 10 competitors. You do, uh, something called Cerebro reverse ASIN lookup. Cerebro is the tool. Basically what you're going to do is you're going to identify all of the keywords that your competitors are ranking for and they're advertising for. Then what you can do is you can go in, add some filters, show the intersection of those keywords, like how many of those competitors are ranking for those keywords. You can look at, you know, uh, show me keywords above 500 searches or more. Show me keywords that my comp competition is no more than position like 50. So if it's like position 55, 60, that might not be that relevant. Then you get your cream of the crop, like 100, 200 keywords. Take those keywords and you start launching them in campaigns. Campaign structure, pretty simple. One campaign, one ad group. Don't do more than one ad group. The, ad, the, the budget will split unevenly. Unfortunately, we can't set, you know, ad group level budgets. And then no more than five keywords. Your main keywords should be on their own so they can get a lot of budget. Um, other keywords, you can have five keywords. Try all the match types. So broad, phrase, and exact, and auto, and, you know, product targeting, whatever. The goal here is you're fishing. It's you're, you're purely fishing, putting keywords out there, looking at what works. If it works, you're going to scale it. If it doesn't work, you're going to, you know, uh, pull it back. Uh, and obviously, as your, your conversion rate improves, everything will start working better. But I'll take a break there. I know you have a bunch of questions probably. No, that's amazing. I think in terms of the things I'm most interested in are one, you gave us like a really solid framework to build out with the like landing page and get set up, get the listing set up with all the information you're going to need. How are you going to attract right people? And then as well, how do you go into launch and make sure that you have the right assets in place? How are you attracting the right, you know, keywords and how are you driving traffic in those first 30 to 45 days to make sure Amazon knows you're like uh, a serious seller so you can kind of carry that momentum into organic traffic as um, as things go on. So my next question is, if you had to evaluate like how long this all this process that you just described, like let's say I've just got my first production run done. I've met with, um, you know, my manufacturer. He shipped me my supplement. I'm like, OK, now I want to list on Amazon. How long does that whole process take um, before I can be selling on on Amazon that you had just described? I would say one month to get the seller central account. Uh, usually it's like kind of annoying back and forth, right? And you wait for the, the code to come in the mail. And then probably 30 days flat. You can have listings set up. Uh, if your minute, your images already should be being worked on, you know, your A plus content should be worked on. You can do all of your keyword research while you're waiting. So you could probably launch in like a week flat, but I say a month because you're going to build the listing and then you're going to send the inventory as soon as you build the listing. And that should check in in about three weeks. So let's say a week to build the listing, three weeks for check-in, you'll be live on the 60th day. That's epic. That's, that's amazing to know that, you know, you're able to get things set up that if you're diligent, you've got it. I mean, this is a platform you want to pursue. It's not the craziest thing in the world. There's a lot of people that sell on Amazon. So you're able to get things uh, stood up right now. So 
My my next question is once you're live, right? You said you want to be spending a little bit on Amazon. Like obviously there's different spend for different keyword levels and for different, you know, industries. So how do you, I, I know you ballpark it and benchmark it at a, a certain threshold, but like, are you trying to benchmark that to volume to your competitors? Like how, I guess how, what's, what's the strategy there between like, how does Amazon know you're a great, you know, supplement, right? Because being a great supplement for something like, you know, gut health, where if there's a whole bunch of searches around that it might be different than what you might need to rank for a more niche sort of supplement. You know what I mean? Yeah. So honestly, I mean, we can talk about that, right? But like the reality is we we should talk about how much can you lose because that's what's going to dictate. Um, the way that I, I, I mean, we just did this with a brand called Zila. Um, I think they're like David Dobrik's brand. Uh, and, and um, you know, so my friend Sean runs the brand. And basically I asked him, I, we were hanging out and I'm like, how much can you afford to lose every single month in, in net profit? And he's like, probably like to launch 2000. So net negative 2000. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to keep pushing ad spend and, and, and pursuing more and more keywords and spending more and showing up higher until I, I get that negative, you know, $70 a day or negative or 2000 a month. And then once I'm there, like I'm going to hold it. And obviously as my reviews improve, my conversion rate improves. And then that means that for the same ad spend, I'm making more sales, which means my my negative profit comes a little bit closer to break even, which means I can push harder and spend more money. And that's really what should guide you. It's it, because, I mean, I could tell you, yeah, like ideally like $13,500. And then you're like, okay, cool. Now I'm at a $13,000 loss. I can't afford this. So it, it really doesn't matter what's like ideal in my eyes. It's it, It's all dependent on how much of a loss can you handle and then you want to always maintain that loss, at least in the first three, four, five, six months. If you can keep losing the 2000, push the pace as, as much as you can on ads. As soon as you feel like you're hitting a plateau, now you're getting more than negative, like 2200, whatever. You really push hard on the conversion rate. Conversion rate improves that negative 2000 for the same ad advertising comes becomes a little bit better. Now you push a little bit harder. Now you're spending 12,000 and then, you know, now you're spending 15,000 and you keep repeating the process and you... People, a lot of people ask me like, okay, how long do I maintain this high ad spend before I drop? And I'm like, never, like you never drop. You you always go higher with the ad spend. You just want the gap to be bigger. Um, I, like I have a friend, I don't know. Do you know Colin McGuire, uh, like from Boomin? No. So they do, no, they no. do close to like a hundred million in their portfolio uh, of brands. But he's like, a lot of people ask him, he's like, how do you, do you hit 10 million? And he's like, well, we spent 3 million on ads. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so true, man. Like. That I mean, it makes so much sense. If you're not going to spend that much money, you're never really going to get to that revenue. And so that's like what I tell people is like, you're never going to scale down. You're only going to, you know, push harder. And the thing that allows you to push harder is your conversion rate. Uh, no, I love that. I think that's the right way to think about it too, because like you're saying, you're trying to get to that critical escape velocity almost. And with ads in the beginning, you're building up, you're getting your first sales, you're getting your first customers, you're getting your first reviews, you're signaling to Amazon that, Hey, this is, you know, I'm here to play. And through that, you're able to build the organic flywheel of what a brand needs to like really take off whatever, whatever platform it is. And, you know, through that, you're every, every product that you're sending, you're actually getting your product now in a customer's hand and they can be an advocate for you and you can spread, spread through other channels like word of mouth and referral and all this, all this other stuff. So I think, um, you know, the way you're thinking about it is the right way. 
the the next question that I wanted to ask, and this is more about um, you know just general things that it takes to be an Amazon seller. What other things are you responsible for as an Amazon seller? Right, like you know, when imagine there's a return or there's a dispute about a product or a package is late or isn't delivered, like you know, obviously Amazon has the infrastructure to handle it, but how do you as a brand deal with that? Yeah, so you you don't really deal with any of that stuff. They they all they handle all of that stuff, uh, but it doesn't mean that you should kind of be blind to it. Uh, on my analytics dashboard, we track refunds. There's a couple other uh, places on Amazon. You look at like negative customer experience. Uh, you look at like uh, buyer messages, which by the way are pretty rare. They don't come in a lot, so you don't have you don't. I mean, a lot of people told like on Shopify tell me their first hire is like a customer service representative. And I'm like, I get like two messages a month. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's how it is on Amazon. But you want to read into that and and you want to identify why people are returning your product because you kind of, you want to be on the forefront of that. A lot of, um, um, you know, my friends, what they do is like, they'll have like insert cards and things like that, that basically prompt people to message them first if they have any issues with the product. Um, and, and, you know, they actively get that feedback. Sometimes... You're going to get returns. You're not going to know why. And it could be that someone buys your product. They try it. They didn't like it. They send it back. It, it, it is what it is. Like you, it's, it's not, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. It's not something to be stressed about. But if you're constantly like reading that feedback, looking at negative customer experience um, and, and have some sort of like proactive measure of preventing negative, especially negative reviews, because negative reviews really hurt when they come in. So if you have it, those practices in place, you should be totally fine. It's honestly selling on Amazon in terms of like that perspective is very easy. All you have to do, you stay stocked, you do the advertising, improve conversion rates. You don't have to deal with all of the customer returns or the the messages or the emails or all that stuff. Amazon handles everything. Amazon handles all the shipping. If you're fulfilled by Amazon, which I highly recommend. Love that. And then I guess, you know, just as we wrap up here, I want to dig in a little bit more into the agency, right? Like you guys are managing a ton of clients, uh, you know, taking these processes that you talked to me about that you run yourself and be able to apply that to brands that work with you. So what does an engagement look like working with you guys, right? Like if I'm a brand, let's say, you know, like I said, I'm starting a supplement brand. I want to come to you guys and I'm like, hey, hey, Mina, I'm looking to start selling on Amazon. How does it work? What does an engagement look like? What are you guys doing for them? How are you prepping for it? Yeah. Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's simple. I mean, you know, we have a conversation, we see if it's going to be a good fit. If you're, if we can, you know, help your brand on Amazon. Um, as soon as like we sign an agreement, we move everything over to Slack. Slack becomes our main point of communication. Uh, you basically inherit the team as if it's kind of like your own team. Uh, from there, we meet about like goals, targets, how much you can spend, uh, we lay out everything that needs to be worked on, like, you know, what images are going to improve, what SEO is going to change, all of that stuff. Then from there, I think the main target is like, how much are you willing to spend and, and what our goals are? Then from there, we go, we start running the advertising. We have a list of things that we're going to improve in terms of conversion rate. Um, reporting is daily. So you get a daily update on your performance on Amazon. Uh, if you have any questions, we answer them. Then weekly is where you get the week on week you know, update. Here's what happened last week. Here's why it happened. Here's the plan of action. Here's what we're going to update, change, improve, optimize, et cetera, this week. And um, that's it, man. It's really kind of like as if your own, it's your own like team. Like that's because it, it is my own team. It's like my brand's team. And it's just, it, I've structured it that way so that everyone feels the same way that I feel. That's awesome. And what's, what stage are people coming 
and working with you? Like, I know you have a whole broad range of clients. So like, if you just had to characterize, like, you know, who's your ideal customer? Is it someone who's just starting out? Is it someone who's been selling and is looking to optimize? Is it a little bit of both? Like, yeah, who's, who, who do you, who do you like to work it's with? It's definitely more seasoned brands. So brands who are, you know, anywhere between one to 10 million on Amazon or maybe four to, to 30 million off of Amazon trying to expand to, to Amazon. Um, we really like uh, direct to consumer, uh, sorry, not direct to consumer, CPG uh, brands, uh, supplements, health, like half of our portfolio is is uh, supplement brands, like health and supplement brands. So uh, I, I mean, I come from that background. I really enjoy, uh, you know, working on, on those brands. But yeah, that's pretty much the ideal client. Now, um, we're also not huge fans of a really big catalog. So we prefer brands that are like, you know, they come in, they have four or five products that are, you know, heavy hitters and, and you know, we're going to scale them. Um, not that we can't accommodate bigger uh, catalogs. It's just like, that's kind of our, our preference, really. Sweet spot. Um, and other than that, is there anything that, you know, you're seeing from Amazon of like, if, if we're thinking about this in terms of like the next year or two, right? Like, are there any trends that you're seeing on Amazon that either get you excited or um, that you're thinking about operationally that you're trying to prepare for or uh, or anything like that? Yeah, I think Amazon's getting very sophisticated with its marketing. Um, not only are they making improvements, so like Amazon reached out to me um, like a week ago because they're updating their bulk sheets and, and I work very heavily in their like bulk sheets like for advertising, uh, like uploading, you know, their, their CSVs and stuff like that. And so they're really making enhancements on for people like to to be able to make a lot more changes. Uh, they're rolling out things like brand tailored promotions. So basically, you can send uh, an email from Amazon as a coupon to anyone who abandoned your cart, to anyone who has purchased from you more than once, to anyone who has purchased like the the most recent five percent of purchasers on Amazon for your product. So there's a bunch of like different segments. So they're getting better and better. And I think that there is going to be a point where you can start running like retargeting campaigns and e like in terms of like you know email and and things like that. Um, I think Amazon there's Amazon's gonna find a way to do it where it's not like too invasive, um, and and I think they're getting more sophisticated. So right now it's very hard to do like retargeting uh, on Amazon things like that. Um, you know like audience based advertising unless you're doing like Amazon DSP, and so I think it's gonna get to a point where uh, you can start getting you're gonna get a lot more. Uh, sophisticated when it comes to like retargeting you're going to get better about targeting like you know maybe you, you start targeting people who have uh, clicked on your listings multiple times and uh, you say like if someone's clicked on my product more than once show up higher etc etc like they're gonna they have the data they're they're slowly gonna release it to us and allow us to use it so we can better target people and and get them to convert more sweet um no those are some really interesting updates to keep an eye on i think that kind of stuff when you're able to get into retargeting and audiences, especially from Amazon, that's really compeller, compelling from a seller's point of view. Um, but anyways, we wrap up here, Mina. Uh, how can we get in touch with you? Where can we find you? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you on Twitter? Like, where? Why don't you shout out your own personal socials as well as the agency? Yeah, perfect. So my social, so LinkedIn is M-I-N-A space E-L-I-A-S, Mina Elias. Uh, Instagram is at the Mina Elias. Uh, you can hit me up probably on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'll message, I can message you. Uh, my email is mina at triviumco.com. And then the website is triviumco.com. So T-R-I-V-I-U-M-C-O.com. Um, you go check us out, get a free audit. We, you know, we offer like audits and consultations for free. So um, take advantage of it. 
Sweet. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mina. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC Pod. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love your support. A rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond. Follow and subscribe to the show, and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.